0: Podcaster? I hardly know her. <laughs> uh, hey guys, my name is Megan Bryant, and this is the I Hardly Know Her podcast. I'm an entrepreneur, a single mom of four young kids. I'm a comedian, an improv trainer, and an award winning author. As I've been going through life, I've learned how much I love to share my stories, listen to others share their stories, and find connections of cool people doing cool things all around me every day. This is a podcast where I'm going to be all over the board personal growth, professional strategies, and my perspective and experiences on a lot of different topics. So join me, Megan Bryant, and let's keep in mind that we don't have to be a big deal to do big things. This episode is a little bit longer than usual. I sat down actually a couple of weeks ago with a good, uh, good friend of mine, Corey, uh, and we share some similar um, opinions on how religion can be viewed, particularly the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day, San- Latter-day Saints, which is the one that we both grew up in, essentially, um, and have the most exposure to. And really, the dialogue ended up coming around uh, to several different topics that ultimately just keep it in the front of my mind how important it is that we respect and honor our own journeys and that of those around us, and to not be afraid to talk about things. And also, to really embrace what we can from religion, if that is where we choose to be, and maybe not use it as a crutch, as an end all, be all, and rather a guideline if necessary. So we kind of dart around to a lot of different things, um, and I I liked the way the discussion went because it really is meant to just spur some dialogue, not to be negative around the church specifically, uh, because there was a lot of positivity that came from. Um, my membership in the church throughout my life and and still today in some ways, even though I have stepped back pretty substantially while I've been reevaluating things and, and yet feeling so, so um, resolute in where my own spirituality is and feeling very comfortable in the Megan that I am and knowing that God loves me. And so we really felt strongly that these are things that we wanted to talk about in a way that is not, we're not trying to bash on the LDS church or any other religion uh, or the people who want to follow the church. I just think it's very important that when we make decisions that we really are doing things with the motivation of doing what we really feel like is right for us and best for us and not that we're making choices because we are being told to. I think that's when it can get a little bit hairy uh, when um, we kind of use the church sometimes as a crutch, <clears throat> excuse me, as a crutch or as uh excuse to do things a certain way, or sometimes a shield um, from if we are doing something that is maybe not the best behavior, uh, instead of using spirituality and our individual relationship with God as a really powerful driving force in the way that we live our lives and become a positive influence um, with the people that we come in contact with. So uh yeah, pump this thing up to one and 7, 1.75 speed and enjoy a little bit of dialogue into what we like to call being a moderate Mormon. We're starting this off knowing that I'm apparently working through some mental issues because of my recent commitment. It's it's just a shift in my commitment level to
1: extreme endurance fitness.
0: fitness. <laughs> What is it? How does it? So my last episode was about a Spartan race and very metaphoric, of course, to life. Because I'm like, oh, man, we go through life. And even though I saw a map ahead of time, I still didn't know what the experience was going to be like. People told me about it. I just trusted I could at least try. And then it was like, oh, you run along and you get tired and you feel like, I can't do this. And then you make it one step at a time and get through obstacles and in some cases, like, I'm afraid of heights, and I'm afraid of water. And there was both of those involved, right? So one of them, I was, like, going up and over this cargo net that's a straight-up wall. And then this nice guy who had been on it before, like, kind of coached me through it and told me how to position my hands and which way to kind of hoist myself so that I could get over with more confidence because he'd already done it, right? So I was just sitting there going, oh, not sitting there. I was actively uh-huh. trudging on this course in the heat of the day thinking... Did
1: you have to do any burpees?
0: Yeah, Well, because I missed four of the obstacles. Four obstacles. Yeah. So every time you fail an obstacle, you have to do 30 burpees. Right.
1: That's a lot of burpees. It is a lot of burpees.
0: I will say this. I cheated once because (laughs) one of them was crossing the rings, you know, like monkey bars, but rings, right? And I made it all the way across, but I couldn't ring the bell because it was like eight inches higher and you can't, it doesn't count technically unless you ring the bell. But I was swinging there for like four or five times and I was like, screw it. So I finally dropped and so I did. I only did two burpees there and I was like, you know what? I pretty much finished it. I feel good. I did like what I felt
1: like was good for me. But Are you going to do your burpees right now? I might do burpees. To make up for it? Possible.
0: Just because you feel bad? I didn't feel bad about it. <laughs> I did the ones on the other ones I legit totally failed on. Right. Because I hold myself to my own accountability. Like if I didn't actually do it, a lot of people skip the burpees. They're not going right. to force you. You pay like 120 bucks to do it. They have their money. The Spart- there's no Spartan police. Right on the open ones, they do have on the competitive. Hmm. But like I was just thinking about, like how when we're like going through life, certain times it's valid to listen to someone's opinion if they've already done it. They know how to help you through the trial or the obstacle.
1: But do they? That's why I'm so upset. Or is it just their own perspective on how they got through it? It well, may not be the most. Accurate way for you. Oh, well, that's a good but point it's their perspective and their lens
0: Wouldn't you trust it enough if you had never done it before and you know, they've done it and they did a way that was It worked to at least try it and see if it works for you also
1: Yeah, I think that yeah,
0: because I, I mean point. I definitely think that when we collect opinions in life We have to always remember it's coming from their perspective and there's a billion factors of every moment of their life up to that moment that has formed that lens. So still listening to what seems like it could be a good fit is absolutely something that you should always do.
1: So a lot of this, like that question I think is forming a lot of kind of what I'm thinking about like religion-wise and just history-wise. Okay. Like do we really know what happened or are we getting the perspective of the author? Right. And what they wanted to have happen. Yeah, sometimes yeah, whether it be Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Paul, Peter, whatever. Yeah, right.
0: Yeah, the trippy thing is, even when we listen to other people's stories and hear their perspectives, we still don't understand. No matter no matter how hard we try, because we will never be inside someone else's person. You know. Right. And and even when people historically and with a, whatever genre, religion, or all the things that you mentioned, like. They still even if they're giving their perspective on someone else that was involved, we still don't always hear that other person's Correct. side of the story. Which makes things a little bit complicated, I think. Yeah. Sometimes.
1: Yeah. You know, the history what's the story of the author? Right. You know, that that book Educated by Tara Westover. I don't know if you've seen that book, but mm-hmm. I, I read it recently. Okay. It's pretty popular. She grew up in, in Idaho, was uh she homeschooled at people at Red Store. She goes to BYU, right? She fakes her way into BYU, gets to BYU and finds out that basically life is crazy. She ends up getting a PhD uh, from Cambridge in England, goes to Harvard, super educated, but she did her PhD in historiography. So uh-huh. the history of the historians.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: It's it's a really cool book. I, I recommend it. the The lens, it kind of gave me the perspective of who, who writes history and how do we know that the history that they're writing about pertains at all to our life. Right. And not to form the author's agenda.
0: Oh, yeah. Because I think that happens a lot.
1: I think it happens all the time. I mean, you think probably of, more often than not. Right. We're going to talk about it. But religion, I mean, you look at Paul, he never lived with Jesus. He wrote based on what he thought christianity should look like right but yeah 14 books in the new testament are written by him
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: so what was his agenda was it we may never know really to portray the christ and whatnot we just we just don't know so i've been thinking a lot about that and then you think of you know uh, religion history whatever even the people that write history the historians what's their agenda are they atheists Right. And they want to prove that point, and so they write from that lens. So it's kind of made me skeptical of of writers, but um, but yeah, it's a good book. Educated, Tara Westover. You okay. know, it, it it kind of opens your mind to a couple different. Whether she's right or wrong, her family sued her.
2: Oh, interesting. Because they're
1: saying no, the story she told wasn't necessarily true. But um, well, but true, true tr- or not, the sure. kind of the idea. The overarching idea makes makes a lot of sense.
0: Well, they should write their book then, give their perspective. I think yeah. this is what is interesting too is, and I think about this a lot as I've written a book so far and I'm working on other books and I like to share stories. I like to make sure I'm being as true to my perspective as possible because no one can question it. I may have read something as it was maybe not intended to be delivered to me, but a lot of times I think we still... Even if we're saying words, people still might not be processing them the way we're intending them. But I think the
1: difference between you and some other writers is you're not claiming that what you're writing is the absolute truth.
0: Oh yeah, that's true.
1: Right? Hey, th- this is true.
0: Is that how she, what her perspective was? Is that she learned what she thought was a more of a universal truth and not just her truth?
1: Yeah, maybe, but also, you know, like, hey, this is the gospel. Right. This is the word of God. This is true. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah. we're going to get punitive. If you don't follow it, we're going to get judgmental, we're going to be whatever. Yeah. But how do we know that the writer actually intended that way, or he's writing similar to what you're saying, hey, this is my perspective, right. this is my lens, this is how God, nature, whatever interacts with me, yep. and I'm going to talk about that, but then it gets misconstrued to, hey, look, this is the absolute fact, Right. and it trickles down and so no, this is this is the truth. And if you don't follow it, you're burning in hell or you whatever. Yeah, and, and so I think that that's the difference mm-hmm. between like what you're writing and then, and then other writers.
0: Right. Yeah. You don't actually hear a whole lot in scripture. Of people saying, this is my perspective on the thing. A lot of times, especially if they were given what they interpreted as revelation from God, that they're supposed to be saying these certain things uh, it does open a lot of room of being like, okay, well, how do we know? How do we know what that experience was, and how do we,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, and two, it's like, okay, well, hey, yeah, that's say God's revelation to you. You wrote it down, mm-hmm. great. How do I know that that revelation applies to me? Exactly. And or and even further, you take it and you say, okay, I I don't think that it applies to me, right? You know, I got a different revelation from God right. for my life that says, "Who who's right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's probably the root of where my challenges with religion are because I, and of course I only have the lens of growing up in the LDS church and also only... With what I learned in the ward and you know the, the congregation I grew up in, which happened to be in Boise, Idaho, which I already know as an adult hearing lots of other stories from other people, even in different parts of the country, in different communities, even within my own town, whoever the bishop was makes a huge difference. Yeah. Like There's so many different variables. And I think that we lose a lot of our ability to be an individual and have our unique relationship with God when we feel like we're supposed to have it look a certain way right. and and that's something i think the reason why like um over the years i i had people they'd be surprised if they heard i was mormon and then i started to be like is this a bad thing like how am i living my life i started to like take inventory of like am i being a bad example or what? but it was actually a really positive thing like people liked being in my space and i had lots of different types of friends And they never felt judged by me and whatever. And so that was the shock is that they expected Mormons to be the ones that are going to look down their nose and like, oh, if you're not an active Mormon, you're subpar or whatever. And instead, they felt really welcomed. And I was like, well, that to me, that's how Christ would want me to live. He would want me to see these other people as individuals who are also figuring out their own crap. And I always just thought that was really weird as is. how do I, how do I appear one way and still be Mormon and still feel like I'm being Megan without it being like I was pushing an agenda? Cause all I ever wanted to do was just like love people and let them feel included. And I happen to be Mormon. And sometimes there was conflict with like what we get taught in church and how, of course people apply it in everyday life. Like there's all, you know, judgment and just, if we're not Looking a certain way in, in church, and if we pray differently, and I don't know, there's so many things. Yeah,
1: I think it's tough. I think, you know, kind of the word that, that I've kind of come up with to describe that is kind of like external piety. You know, do we, are we, I think the appearance of piety can be different externally than what really, the, the I guess the, the internal belief is, you know, we read an article in the Salt Lake Tribune, whether it's, you know, hey, I'm going to turn over my coffee cup at the table so everybody knows that I don't drink coffee, I don't mm. want any,
2: right. you know, whatever
1: the case may be, are are we just, and I think it's different with uh, the generation older than us, I think the mm-hmm. our parents' generation is a lot different than, like, sort of our generation and younger, where mm-hmm. it's, hey, look, my relationship with God is my relationship with God, regardless of what you see on the outside. I don't have to fake it. Right. And I think that prior generations have always kind of fake it till you make it. Even if you yeah. don't believe it, you you fake it, and ultimately you will become that. Right. You know. It,
0: like that they're putting in the effort to make the appearance that right. they're a, a, a church attending person, that they're... Fulfilling their callings.
1: Yeah, you're 100% in. Even if you're not, even if you have doubt, you act like there's no doubt. Right. And eventually the doubt will go away, which I don't I don't necessarily think that that's the way to go. And then people struggle. You know, I just had some friends recently, they posted on Facebook that they uh, they left the church. And I think that a lot of people leave the church... Any church, but specifically the LDS church, because they uh, they disagree with some piece of revelation. Right. And they, and, and so that becomes the whole church. Let's just say Word of Wisdom, for instance.
2: Okay.
1: Hey, look, I don't, I don't think God cares if I have a beer.
2: Mm-hmm. I
1: don't think God cares if I have a cup of coffee. Right. Whatever. I don't think the Word of Wisdom was intended to be a punitive commandment. Mm-hmm. So then they leave the church... Because they feel like they're judged for for that one thing oh, that they sure. disagree with. Yeah. Right? And so, you know, this article brought up, and I agree. I was talking to a good friend. I mean, in the church, why can't you be a 80% Mormon? <laughs> why can't you be a 20% Mormon? Sure. Why can't you come out and say, you know what, I'm a 10% Mormon. So is 10%—should the church want 10% more than zero? Probably, right? Right. Because I mean, you look at it, you know if if Jesus were here today, he's not a hundred percent mormon right i mean his his wine issue wouldn't have worked for the church today, right <laughs> like like Jesus has a word of wisdom issue, yeah. You know Joseph Smith.
0: Wine back in that some would argue though, wine back in the days of the biblical times is different than the way that wine is used. It's in, not. Blah blah blah. It's
1: fermented fruit, right. right? Sure, sure. It gets you drunk. That's what
0: the argument would end up being for the all. That's when you step into like the justification and the whatever. How do you even quantify a percentage though? So like
1: know, I think it's just for you, right? Right. You even look at like Joseph Smith. Joseph Smith would not be able to hold a temple recommend in the church today. Right. Right? Yeah. I mean, he died with a bottle of wine. Dude Like beer. Same with Brigham Young. All these guys. They, mm-hmm. they wouldn't be able to live the standard. Right. So let's just forget this idea that there's any <laughs> such thing as a 100% Mormon. Because sure. there's not.
0: No. Absolutely. All,
1: you know, every apostle, everybody at General Conference says, hey, nobody's perfect. We all have reason to repent.
0: Mm, yeah.
1: So at what point can you say and be okay saying... You know, I was talking to a good friend of mine who used to be in the state presidency. And he said, hey, you know, I've got a brother that chews. And so he feels like he can't go to church because he chews. And I'm like, oh, why couldn't he just admit, hey, look, I chew. Right. And that's who I am. But I believe in, you know, that it's a good community. I like my kids. I like the values. I'm I'm, right. I'm a good father. I like all these other things. So there's you know, a percentage of the church that he agrees with that he really likes. And there's one little thing he can't chew tobacco that he disagrees with. Why can't you just say, Hey, look, I'm good with not having a temple recommend. I'm good with these things and right take what you want.
0: I feel like I, okay. I like your strategy there. I also feel like because everybody struggles with something, everyone, 100% of humans struggle. That's why we're here is right. being tested in this life. Right? right. Nobody can actually be the hundred percent Mormon, as you said. So why couldn't i mean I, I feel like I almost want to challenge the idea of a percentage thing and still just be like well what 's true for you? Like my goal would be if in a perfect world would be like we want we want people to show up if they want to show up there's so many nice things, community, right. maybe you love the hymns, maybe there's just things that you really like about attending, right." and yet we still have all these struggles, but I always feel like church, if it's really what it says it is, if we really are living the way that we are taught that Christ would have us live an unconditional love for others and no judgment, then we would be able to rally and support each other. In fact, that would be the place we'd want to go and say, this is what I'm struggling with. Here's what I, you know, like that went, it's because of the struggle that I think would really turn religion on its head instead of Ultimately, people who appear to have their crap all together—they are probably struggling in a very painful, quiet way because they can't admit that they have anything wrong. And I think that's one of the greatest detriments of religion. And like one of the things I—I I know I've personally struggled with—is that I really wanted. I thought if I if I put in my effort and I do my calling, I go to church every week. I da 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 and I try to be as good of a wife as possible that everything will work out in the end and and instead I was holding on to the things that I was struggling with because I had to smile on Sunday and look like everything was perfect. When instead it would have been great if I could go into the women's group and we could be like, okay, what are we dealing with? So-and-so's going through divorce. So-and-so just had a baby. So-and-so had these things which sometimes get talked about and then we like, okay, let's take them dinner for a week and we're, we're done here. And it's like this long-term pent up things we are supposed to move past them instead of embracing that, like, we're just always going to struggle. I feel like we could all be 100% because we're putting an effort to to live our life the best way possible. Sure.
1: No, that, that I makes like, sense. I
0: like where you're going with it. I just I like just to find ways it. to...
1: Yeah, you like thinking about it, and it's like...
0: To not penalize yourself. Well, I,
1: well and that's that's the point, right? Yeah. So... It seems like a lot of religion, if you come out and you admit, hey, look, let's choose use the Mormon church and use Word of Wisdom, right? Okay. I'm good with whatever your Word of Wisdom issue is. So what's the downside? It's punitive, right? You can't go to the temple. You can't do this. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. And then other religions, you know, it's ultimately religion is you don't fall in line you're not eligible to for heaven celestial kingdom god whatever and you go to hell right right so right. that's the old ulti- so what what incentive there, there's a disincentive for people to come out and say hey look these are my struggles because then they're ultimately judged by people who don't have the right to judge right and nobody wants to feel that way exactly But ultimately we're all in the same boat and yeah. we all need to say hey and religion religions, like, hey, it's all about repentance. It's about this. It's about that. But yet, at the same time, it's it's not. Yeah. Because if you do come out and you say, hey, look, I need help. I need repentance. I need whatever. And, I mean, the the struggle I have with that is, who's to say, what's right and wrong? Yeah. Well, it's written in the Bible. Okay. Well, how do we know who's who wrote the Bible? Mm-hmm. And how do we know? I mean. Yeah. Like so, I mean, the the old Chris Rock. Uh, uh, narrative about pork right well pork was bad for a long time and then all of a sudden now it's good right. and it's yummy and we can all eat pork chops <laughs> you know I mean what's the easiest way to get somebody to not do something and tell them God told them not to do it mm. so how do we know some like some dude back in the day hated pork farms and said hey God said you can't eat pork Yeah, and then all of a sudden it turned into this big rule and law and then somebody one day said, well, shoot, pork chops are pretty good. Yeah. And now today we eat pork and nobody dies.
0: Right. I think, okay, you said two things that I want to touch, touch on. One of them is it is interesting when we do see like what we think is this list of things that we're supposed to adhere to in order to be righteous or to be able to be temple recommend holders or whatever is relevant in, in a religion. Like what I always thought was interesting, like years ago when I worked in banking, I drank coffee all the time. And I got crap for it, and I was like, "Man, at the time, I knew of the other struggles I was going through, and I'm like, coffee is the least should be the least right. of someone's concern, right? So, what's interesting is how much we sometimes deflect the real issues by making other things seem like they have a heightened yep. relevance.
1: Well, why is word of wisdom because it's punitive, yeah. right? I mean, it's one of the temple recommend questions you can't go if, if you if you right. drink coffee, yeah, which is like you said, probably the least of any concern, but yeah. but word of wisdom and tithing are both punitive. They have they have consequences, like right. real consequences. Right, where it's like, hey, look, I'm you know doing whatever. I'm watching porn twenty four seven, but I can still go to the temple if I'm doing that. Right. But if I tell them that I'm drinking a coffee, I'm out.
0: Right. Oh yeah, because the law of chastity is a whole other thing cuz there is a, you know, question. there's a, a question regarding that. The thing is anybody can lie their way through. Right. In fact, I not that I did. I I feel like uh, one of my most proud things about myself is that I really hold myself accountable to what I believe at at that time. And so there was a time when I was drinking a lot of coffee, but I felt like everything else I was totally nailing it. And so in my interview I told the bishop, I was like, I'm still drinking coffee and I don't think that God would restrict me from going to the temple. And he actually gave me my recommend at awesome. that time. There's been other times and another bishop that didn't and it's for the same offense. And I still was thinking coffee of all the things you're going to keep me. And but then on the other hand, it's like people really like it is still between us and God at the end of right. this all.
2: Right.
0: We're going to know what we lied about. We're going to know what we held true to our own what our own moral compass was, you know. And and then it's still then it comes to like whatever this bishop happens to to have this type of opinion and this bishop didn't. And so there's a lot and I think that that causes a lot of struggle because there's a lot of things that on the one hand the humans some of the humans are trying to let us be human and also still progress.
2: Right.
0: And others get so freaking hung up on things and and a lot of the stuff is just, like, so easy to slough off with a a lie. I mean, I would get frustrated knowing that certain things. It's like, okay, well, I mean, I used to. I don't as much anymore. If I knew someone lied to get their recommend, because I know specific right. people that I know they lied, and I'm like, well, what are, what are we fighting for? Right. But then again, like, it comes back to, like, well, it's not my place to even judge. I don't get to – I don't even have to put any energy on – that scenario, it's still between them, and if if they're wanting to be at the temple or or heighten their rel- whatever they think is their spiritual progression, I wouldn't want to be the one restricting that. Even if they are not even registering that they are screwing with the system, right? You know what I mean?
1: Right, right. And I um, think I think it comes back to perspective too, right? Yeah. Like different bishops have different perspective and a different lens that they're kind of coming from, and so yeah, each one of them is saying yes or no and so I think for me like right now for the last I don't know how many years I've chosen to not go even go in for a Temple Recommend interview. Yeah. And so like I don't even know when it expired because like I don't even want to play the game.
2: Mm.
1: Like look I mean if those are the rules okay those are the set rules I'm not going to lie about it so I'm not I don't even care. I, I don't want to play the game and if that and I'll go back to the percentages because it's a little easier. But yeah. if I go back and say, hey, you know, I'm a 60% Mormon.
0: Yeah. I do like your percentages, by the way. But,
1: I go mean, on. that's just that's just <laughs> something, right? Like, if I'm 60% in, mm-hmm. why can't we just say that and be like, right. hey.
0: Here's where I'm at.
1: Here's where I'm at. Yeah. You know, and, and just be okay with that. I mean, for yeah. me, you know, right now, you know, my biggest struggle is um, – And I don't even know how the question's worded anymore. But, you know, do you sustain the president of the church? Is Mm. the prophet, like, the only one to speak for God? And, like, clearly, like, I do not. Mm. Like, that's a major issue for me. Um, And so, because I think it just is. Mm. And so so I don't feel like I I can answer that question and say yes. But most people wouldn't even care. Right, and just say, yeah, I'm fine with that, and just go, because then you don't have to worry about, hey, why is you know Megan not showing up to So and So's wedding, right? And deal with the alcohol, uh. the the uh, yeah that kind of yeah, and you know, I mean for for me it's just it it's tough, but you know it's like hey look I'm I'm probably you know. 50% in right now. Yeah. And I'm struggling with a couple things. Right. Or not struggling, but I have some questions. Sure. And they may never get rectified. Yeah. And some of mine, I don't know that they really will ever yeah. get rectified. Yeah, certainly. And, and I'm okay not with that. Lifetime.
0: Okay, so then the second thing that stuck out a little while ago that I want to circle back, because some of these things you just said totally go in line with it, with the whole topic of repentance no. and like the limitations. So uh, I... Uh, sometimes, if if an important event is coming up, like a wedding, for example, yeah. I've I've known tons of people in my lifetime that hustle and they right. repent, quote unquote, repent to do whatever they need to to be able to hustle and get their recommend in right. time so they don't miss the thing, and then they just go back right back to their normal lifestyle, and so I I struggle with that being yeah. a thing, and also repentance to me, is something that, I I feel like should be used more to our advantage to continue to stay as true to what our goals are in life as possible to become better. Meaning, like, the times that I've had to repent for stuff in life, it was when I found myself doing things or living in a way that I did not feel good about myself, right? right? And they were things that I was noticing, trends that were going to be possibly a recurring struggle for me in my life. And I think that's true for a lot of people, especially where addiction is involved and um, or or really any any huge struggle to, to admit it and then be like, I need help with this thing. And then sometimes the repentance process would be like, let's just put the Band-Aid on it. Let's get it done here so you can move past this, move right. on, as if it's not going to be an issue again, as if God is going to touch your heart with his finger and be like, this will never be a challenge for you again, which I'm sure in some cases people are like, oh, I learned how to handle this struggle and it's not a struggle for me anymore. But I would argue, by, in a large a number of cases, that type of struggle is gonna be ongoing for the rest of our lives. So instead of repentance being where we have to turn the page on that chapter and never talk about it again. Like a lot of times, like Shh, no, we don't bring those things up again. You've already repented of it. You've been forgiven, like move on. And I'm like, well, repentance doesn't mean I have to be silent about it. And in fact, I find more healing talking about some of those struggles although I recognize that certain things I get judged for and I still have things that I'm like oh I want a podcast about them I know I'm going to get judged on some of the choices I've made in my past and I know though the lessons I learned about myself and where I stand with God and where I needed to make different choices for my own well-being and my efforts in marriage blah 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 like the list went on and on but I hated how repentance was supposed to be like I just think it's misused I think it could be... It's almost like for me, I think, this is the thing that I'm going to struggle with in my mortal life. And this is where I'm recognizing I need help. So, like, people can get behind me and help support me knowing where my weak spots are. Instead of being like, Oh my gosh, you did this one thing. And some sins are really outward and people can see them and others are not. And so, how do we decide which ones are more heavily weighted than others? And, I mean... I placed a kid for adoption out of high school, and because I had had sex out of wedlock, I was treated like I needed to hurry up and find someone who was still willing to marry me after what I'd gone through, and I never hardly even talked about that child that I thought of every day and felt really good about placing this child with a family that couldn't have children of their own, and yet I felt so much shame still after I had quote-unquote repented that I should never speak about it again because it was going to be burdensome and whatever, and... And like, I was going to keep this wound open, but really it's a very big part of my story. And now I'm a huge advocate 20 years later for adoption. And so people can come to me when they need a shoulder to lean on, when they're going through a trial I've gone through. And the same is true with any sin or any struggle. And yet we, we use these band-aids to make it so like, okay, well now never go your way and and sin no more. That is impossible. Right? Am I crazy?
1: I think you're right. Again, we're kind of exploring some things here, but I think ultimately I think where you're coming from and where I come from on this is who who, who decides what is a sin and what isn't a sin? Sure. Like what is that? You know, like mm-hmm. I I guess my basic understanding is, you know, it's a separation from God. Okay. Well, <clears throat> You know, reading some stuff recently, and I don't know if I'm getting further away from what I ultimately believe God is or not, but who am I to kind of put myself in the center of the world, I guess, and think I'm super important? Maybe I am, but I just don't think that God really cares, like, if you have a cup of coffee. Right. And who said that was a sin? Well, the president of the church did in 1920.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? Sure. Okay, well what why, why did that come about? How did that come about and what's his lens there? Yeah. You know, what if what if by committing these so and so sins, what if it I, I don't know. What if it's not a sin? What if it what if it's not?
0: Okay. And and I don't know the
1: answer. Like, you know, I mean...
0: You can take it internal and decide what... Do you like how you feel when you do that thing? Correct.
1: What's the... Well, and it's not even... Because... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do I like the feel inside if I go and get hammered one night? Maybe maybe you do. In in the moment. (laughs) Sure. Maybe. And maybe... You you know, and then you look back the next day and you're like, wow, that was destructive, not only to me, my family, whatever. Or no, it wasn't. And hey, I'm actually better because I did this. I, I don't know the answer. And I think that humans we look at humans and I mean your your example, you know, monogamy, you know, how I, I don't know.
2: Mm-hmm. Is
1: that a sin? Is that not a sin? Who who said that we're supposed to be with one person for our whole life?
2: Right.
1: You know, when does that change? When do we view divorce as something, you know, maybe maybe wonderful? As opposed to something like, "Hey, look, I'm in a relationship that isn't good for me, my kids, whatever." But I kind of have this external piety idea, or somebody at one point told me that I have to be married to this person. Why, why can't why can't one person that's good to have children with not be the same person that's good for you mm-hmm. after kids are raised? I I don't know. I think
0: that's where the myth gets busted. Is it can't whatever? I think whatever is the best. For you and, and you're saying like maybe, maybe God doesn't want us thinking that we're the center of the universe. But for each of us individually, we are the only ones that we fully understand 100% in our own brain, right? So if we were to each take our own experience and try to maximize our own individual potential, it becomes a more positive thing in general yeah. for everyone. Even though not everyone cares what our path is. And it builds a stronger
1: relationship with with God, right? Yeah. If we say, hey, you know what? How am I doing? Yeah. As opposed to relying on a bishop, a priest, a Bible, anything else to say you're doing good or you're doing bad or you're sinning or you're not. I think that as we take that away, I think we have more reliance on personal revelation, mm-hmm. which is what Joseph Smith always wanted people to do yeah as opposed to hey, the bishop told me I can't do this so I can't do this. I mean at some point you're not eight right and you have to decide what works for you or doesn't and totally. if, if your revelation doesn't coincide with what your denomination your church is saying, why can't you be okay with that right and say, hey, great, we differ on this point. So I'm gonna use everything that I feel is good, Yeah. and I'm gonna take that into my life, and the stuff that I d- I disagree with, I'm just gonna note that I disagree with it,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and ultimately I'll deal with the the ramifications. Be I.e. Hey, I might not be able to temple recommend.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, great. I'm I'm good with that. But right. you know, like I had an experience the other day. You know, is that in church and my kid he didn't go to a youth conference because he had a baseball tournament and uh you know they I was like man the kids were all talking I was like ah that probably would have been a good experience for my kid to go to I think he Mm. could have learned some things not necessarily about who Jesus is or whatever but just about himself the camaraderie it's a little and I was like wow there's there's some good things about the church there's a community for sure that's going to help me raise my kids yeah that if I take them out of that situation then it's all going to be on me. And that and, and I'm going to screw it up. I I need that community <laughs> to kind of help give some boundaries, some direction, and ultimately at some point my kids can decide if those boundaries or direction are for them or not. Yeah. But, you know, so does that make you a whatever percentage, right? Mm-hmm, and say, "Hey, look, mm-hmm. I I don't think the church is for me at all." Yeah. Period. But I do think that there's some good things in it, and I'm going to look for the good. And I think ultimately what happens is so many people want to look for, like, say, it's either all or nothing. Yeah. I can't have the pieces that I think are good if the church isn't going to allow me to believe how I want to believe. And so they just totally disregard everything right and get out and i i don't know that that's the right way to go either because i think as humans i think we need a tribe i think we need a pack i think we need mm-hmm. a community whatever i think that's who we are as humans to yeah. ultimately help ourselves and help our kids yeah so i've kind of came to that point where hey look i'm okay you know, you and I had talked once about the term moderate Mormon. I think mm-hmm. you can be either a moderate Mormon or a percentage or whatever. And I think right. it's more people are just okay with that. And you have to get over the stigma of somebody saying, well, this guy's not good. He doesn't have a good relationship with God or whatever. Right. Well, my relationship with God is probably better than yours.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because
1: I actually look. For what he wants in my life as opposed to what somebody's dictating to me. Exactly. And I don't know where they, they come from.
0: I so. think, yeah. Some of the things that you mentioned just now kind of kept having a recurring theme in my brain of like the number one reason we're here is to utilize our agency. Our our specific yeah. designed plan of being here, according to what we've been taught, at least within the Mormon Church, is that we are supposed to come here and be tried and tested. And we have the choice. Right? So, all these things that you're saying, it is like, I think there is a lot of positive stuff that comes from church. I think the intention, I think, like, probably behind most organized relig- religions is to be good. Like, I don't think any of them, well, I don't know all religions. Some of them, of course, wreak havoc in the world around us. But it, I think by and large, like, th- we're trying to set people up for success. And so, when I think back of my journey, even though I don't actively go now, I feel like I have really understood how to use my own agency. And then anytime I find myself in a space of judgment and I recognize I'm maybe judging someone else, then I'm like, wait a minute, they get their agency too. Like it becomes such a, a weight lifted off of my shoulder right. when I take out that whole element of like, these, par- these parameters are maybe there for people who really don't know how to decide. So a lot of people really need the community right. and they and they don't yet know, maybe it's later in life that they learn how to make a decision really on their own or they, they there is not as much of a mental nimble movement but I think that's all part of it is allowing my kids to, I mean in, my, in a similar parental boat as you are, my kids still go to church uh, with their father when they're with me which is very rare on the Sunday we don't go to church right now. Um, we go play in the park. We explore this beautiful world that has been created for us. I, we pray in my home. It's different a little bit than a, how I used to pray. I want my kids to understand how to use their agency, how to see what it is inside and out of the church, what they love, and they pick and choose what they what they feel is suitable for them. And I think that um, I think there is a little bit of a shift culturally within the church And just, like, we have to. Like, it's unacceptable to be publicly against any one group or, you know, LGBTQ stuff. Is that all five letters now, right? Yeah, plus, plus. And so anytime there's these discrepancies now, churches are having to shift how they want to approach things when really it's overcomplicating. It's like we don't need to be the ones judging. We just should stay in our little vessel of our individual body and our spirit and focus on our relationship with God. And then it will just bleed over in a positive way to these other things. Right. Like there's so many positives from the church. I personally have had some experiences that I did not like how things were handled by humans that were in the church, you know, and, and so in my, where I'm at right now, my choice is that I feel like I'm doing the things that are good for me. I feel very close to God as I understand him
1: and and yeah it's just a but why couldn't you be like say I mean and, and I think you are in this point mm-hmm. I think you are like hey look I'm a 1% mormon Probably. or I'm a 5% or state yeah. I don't know what the percentage I don't know I guess
0: if we are picking percentage I say 22% So I'm
1: a 22% There's a
0: lot of things I love about th- the church.
1: And so then by and I think you're the perfect example right by saying okay hey look I'm 22% LDS so you throw that percentage out of your life
2: mm-hmm.
1: because you feel like you can't participate because you don't buy into the other 78% right. that's out there. But, you know, what, what are we missing out on, whether it's kids' activities, whatever? Yeah. So I've been trying to test this theory. So the other day in church, I went way off the reservation.
0: Yeah, way off the reservation. Way off the
1: reservation. It was like crazy. Okay. I was like, hey, look, I'm going to experiment. So I showed up to church wearing essentially what I have on today. So like Which not is a white shirt. listeners,
0: yeah, he's got a grid-patterned <laughs> button-up shirt, no tie,
1: no tie, top
0: button undone,
1: just dress pants, dress pants, just regular business casual,
0: business casual. Just call for it business listener, casual, okay? Sounds
1: yeah. good. Show up business casual, mm-hmm. right? Let's see what people think. Yeah. Let's see what they say because I'm not going the white shirt and tie. By the way, I don't even know when that was instituted or why that was instituted. Right, I don't know. Like,
0: I mean... Because we wouldn't want people to not show up if they're not on their Sunday best.
1: Yeah, but what is Sunday best? I don't
0: know. It should be whatever we feel is our Sunday best. Whatever. I remember people getting mad if we were flip-flops right. as young women in the in the ward. And why <laughs> even <are you having laughs> Sunday best? Shoes. I
1: mean, you know, Jesus shows up and John the Baptist wearing like a, you know, a camel hair, like, right. robe. I mean, dudes back in the day... I. I, I don't know. Right. Yeah, I don't you know? know, I mean so I don't know really where this idea came from. I mean, if, if God sees us naked
0: mm-hmm.
1: sees us at our worst, who who are we really are you saying you're at your worst when you're naked? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Gotta hit the gym. Lay off the chips and salsa. <laughs> but you know, you you just wonder that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, so so who who am I really trying to impress? Is right. it is it God or is it my neighbor or the mm-hmm. bishop or whatever. Did you anyone know?
0: say anything that day?
1: So you know what's interesting is, uh, so I've, I've slowly been going down this road. So the first first week I went like suit, white shirt, no tie.
2: Okay.
1: Pretty crazy, <laughs> yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And then the next week, like no suit coat. And then the next week, no white shirt. <laughs> so this next week I think I'm gonna try like shorts.
0: Oh my gosh. That's some awesome. shorts
1: and some Jordans or something. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. But you know what? N- nobody said anything. Good. No, nobody said anything. I'm and, so glad
0: and, to hear but, that. But but
1: I don't know what they were thinking. Who they probably the they probably already know that I'm a little bit off the reservation because <laughs> I'm like, look, I don't need to show up for weeks for four weeks a month or whatever. But yeah. But no, nobody said anything, and I just got over the fact that hey, look, I'm comfortable. And, I, and I'm comfortable with God being comfortable with the way I look right now. Yeah. And I want to go to church today to be there with my kids. Yeah. So what what's the issue? Right. And I, I just kind of got over the fact, like, look, I just don't really care. If, if other people have an issue with it, they have an issue with
0: it. Yeah. And what a waste of their time and energy. Right. right.
1: And so, you know, just kind of just, just experiment with, you know... Less than a hundred percent. Yeah. And when you show up wearing something outside the norm, mm-hmm. it's pretty apparent. Yeah. Right. And so, but it, it felt good, and I didn't feel like you know what it was weird because I was like, man, I'm, I'm not gonna go to hell.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> like the church didn't burn down. Right. Like, okay, could I not participate in some activities in the church? Maybe.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But I'm okay with that. Right. Because I may not agree with those activities anyway.
2: Right.
1: And so but you know again it just kind of goes back to I don't want to let my I don't I don't want to get rid of the 20% or 40% that mm-hmm. I feel like is good in my life. Yeah. Um totally for for what I I have problems with. Sure. And yeah, I think I getting think comfortable fair. with that is is tough and I think a lot of people just have to have to figure that out. I mean, it was, um, you know, a big deal the other day. And again, this is just petty Mormon stuff, but it was a big deal the other day. Like, well, probably six months ago or so. My wife and I were out and, uh, just ordered an iced tea. Mm. Right. Yeah. Kind of on the forbidden list.
0: Yeah. Which is super weird, huh? Got
1: crazy. Right. And like, I didn't really care what I cared what she thought. But in a lot of regard, I'm like, look, you're not going to judge me for drinking this iced tea. And if you do, I guess we have bigger issues right. than, than that. But just to go out and just say, hey, look, I'm okay with with externally being different and people seeing that and acknowledging that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's hard for a lot of people to do. Yeah. And then, and then you get, I think you get a lot of hidden things and you get like prescription drug abuse i think Mm -hmm. you get pornography abuse i think you get all these things where people try to hide what they want to do yeah as opposed to just saying hey look this is who i am i have an issue right and and help me with my issue to work through it because it's not only is it hurting my relationship with god it's destructive for me as an individual
0: yeah well, and it might be different to everyone. I mean, obviously there's some people who don't see any harm at all in, like pornography as a specific example. Some people are in the camp that it's a healthy, normal right. outlet, right? But if it's, that's again us using our agency to be like, hey, I, I am recognizing that there is something happening in my life where this has become an outlet and it, and I'm hiding it. Anytime it comes to a space right. where we're hiding it and we're lying about it. It
1: becomes obsessive.
0: Yep and and the other things in life are probably not being addressed. And then and then the shame, there's such a thick layer of shame that will happen on any of those issues that it's like, how do they even come up for air? And then there's, if they do wanna talk about it, then it's like just as quickly we wanna move past it as if it's not gonna be potentially an ongoing problem. Same thing with like
2: right.
0: alcoholics or like, as right. you're saying, any, anything that is like really manipulating your system can you keep one foot in and still dabble a little? Or is it an all or nothing thing when you're coming with that, right? Because if someone recognizes that they're an alcoholic or a drug addict, I mean, I have enough friends and acquaintances and have worked with people who have been in like, recovery programs, and they have they have chosen to stay committed to getting that support probably for the rest of their mortal experience because they know where their weaknesses are and they don't wanna tread in those spaces, and so certainly, Like, this kind of ties back to Word of Wisdom, for example, which if if listeners don't know, Word of Wisdom is essentially a plan for health and moderation and how we treat our bodies, right? Certain substances, things that we're allowed to eat and drink and whatever, as the very short, short, easy description of it. And so if people are struggling in that space, then why not just be able to embrace it and address it going forward? I had some weird thought, and then it totally just petered away there.
1: Well, it's tough, right? Because you, you say, look, does God care, really, if I'm at a birthday party with a bunch of friends and we have a couple beers? Right.
0: Okay, wait, yeah. That's what it, yeah, like, I ahead. doubt he would care. I he think, doesn't care. I think when your life, though, starts to get so consumed by that thing. Correct. And you cannot function, you cannot even Correct. utilize your physical body – the way it's meant to function, because you're so dependent on a substance, which anybody I've ever talked to who has who is working through keeping a grip on their addiction, it's always with the support of God. It's a right. tribe of living humans on our world among us, but also people find that healing, at least I have not yet come across, I'm sure they must exist, but I, I personally don't know anyone directly who doesn't rely on God or some kind of higher power, whatever that is to them, to overcome the weakness of our physical being and so when you think about like who made up these rules certainly some of it must have come through revelation for the grand scheme of things like the 10 commandments there's a lot of things in there that are like any living human that can't get behind thou shalt not murder i'm questioning them like no that that seems like a universal thing that we as humans could get up get behind like oh that's probably not a good thing to do is kill each other right and then there maybe is, is some other arguments with other commandments, but I kind of like those levels of the effort of whatever type of guidelines are being provided, but again, there's trial and error of what's good for us, right. what our tolerance is within each of the subjects, how do we use our agency to to direct our own lives, how does that affect those that we love, or how does it affect perfect strangers when some people go in and shoot up a movie theater. Right. Like, are they really consciously thinking of how they're affecting countless other people outside of their sphere? I mean, there's a lot of these things that it really comes down to having such a certainty of our own personal growth that, yeah, pick your percentage of what you want to hang on to with the stuff that helps you, helps helps guide you in a positive way.
1: I think you always, I mean, you kind of looked at like extremes. I think you just kind of got to look at you know, everyday life, maybe, sure. maybe more, you know, or, or mm, yeah. how many of us are going to wake up and go shoot up a movie theater? Hopefully very few. Maybe none of us or very few. Um, but I, I think as we try to formulate for ourselves, you know, what, what matters to us and our relationship to God, I think that that formulates a lot of who we are. And it may differ from
2: mm-hmm. what
1: the church has to say. Yeah. Like, hey, look. If I go have a a an caramel iced latte today, does God mm-hmm. really care?
0: Probably not. No. I would guess probably I, not. Yeah.
1: Well, 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 your answer is no, right? So, so As have, I'm
0: drinking my coffee here. So
1: you have per. I mean, you personally feel like that's that's okay. Yeah. So regardless of what somebody else says or thinks, it doesn't really become relevant mm-hmm. to you. Right. And if it is to them. To say well, if you don't stop, then this is a ramification. Then you can decide, like, okay, I want to be a part of that group or I don't. Right. And and to what extent you want to be a part of that that group. And yeah. so, you know, I think that we all go through some of this, and and we just have to figure out our own relationship with, you know, our God, our universe, whatever, and figure out what's gonna make us a better person.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm.
1: But yeah. but yet you recognize, I think that there's there's good, there's help in, in a lot of different things, whether it be the church or not. I, I don't think that it's all bad. I don't necessarily think that it's all good either. Mm-hmm. And it's all right. And, and that's why I've chosen kind of to go the direction that I've chosen to go mm-hmm. because there's a lot of things that I disagree with. And that's fine. Those are your rules. I just don't want to play by your rules. I want to play right. by the rules that I feel like God wants me to to play by. And, sure. You know, ultimately, um, we're gonna figure that out one one day or another. But I don't necessarily know that I need somebody else telling, judging me, and saying, "Hey, this is what God wants for you in your life."
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And maybe that's just pride. And that's what the church would say, right? But um uh yeah, I think I think it's I think it's okay to say I I disagree or I have a question around this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's people in my life that are very dear to me, the most dear people I I have. One person in particular and you know, she doesn't see it the same way, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, no, there, there's no room for question. There's no, I mean, that's what it says. That's what it is. Right. It's all literal.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, the Bible is literal. Um, and I just don't see it that way. Mm-hmm. But it's, and it's not wrong that she sees it differently than I do. We just have different lens and have to realize, hey, look, we're coming from two different places and either place is okay cause we're all on our own journey. Yeah yeah well
0: and your journey has had some evolution right before we started recording you were saying something about not wanting this to maybe like the hesitation of that where we're at in this space right now being out there forever right but yet we always get to evolve and grow and maybe we our opinions shift once we've gone through a different experience or maybe there's a new way for us to experience something that changes the opinion yeah um i i mean I know I have people in in my life um, who are like, oh, we're, we're still so hopeful that you come back to the church and whatever. And I'm like, ah, you know, and maybe, I don't know, maybe that happened. I don't know what this, my life's going to be like 10 years from now. I, I think What does that, that mean? It, what does I don't come know. back
1: to the church mean? Like come back to like...
0: Full activity, I would assume. Well, I don't even know
1: what full activity is. I don't Because either. we've already established that yeah. I don't know that anybody... What's full activity? Showing up? Going to the temple? Great.
0: Probably doing all the, yeah. Who the, cares The about checklist of standard right. protocol, right? So that's the issue. Yeah, exactly. And I think that allowing, I mean, on the same token, though, those exact same people, well, like my bishop, for example, the one I still live in the ward boundaries for, I have amazing people in my ward. And of course, my family has been loving and thankfully, I'm not one of those people that I've stepped away from the church and have been... Cast Bitter. out, yeah. which some people, well, and I definitely, yeah, I don't I don't personally hold the bitterness, but I haven't been cast out like so many terrible stories I hear from people who come out as gay and their family doesn't ever talk to them again, right. or what, you know, or they leave the church and now they're the black sheep, and right. th- thankfully that's not the case here. It
1: is, you just don't realize it.
0: Well, there's some things. <laughs> The dialogue is definitely different at Sunday dinner, right, um, right. and we kind of poke fun a little bit about stuff, but it 's actually really changed dialogue, which i won 't name names, but it 's actually opened up some interesting conversation right. with me one on one with different siblings and with my parents right. and because now that like it 's like i 've let the pressure off of what we normally would talk about because i 'm sharing a lot of what, how i 'm perceiving it and still allowing everyone to sort of free flow in that space but my opinions have changed on a lot of things not necessarily with religious stuff but I mean it certainly in that arena but in other spaces too that's part of the whole process of life is once we've experienced something or have new information provided that we get to process then we can still shift and change like maybe if we listen to this podcast five years from now we have even more insight into things or different life experiences that we go oh okay now this certain part makes sense to me in a different way and again not like either of us are existing in a wrong state of mind right now we are functioning with the way we understand the things that we know inside and outside of the church from our own experience so allowing us I like to document stories and process verbally what I'm experiencing because it actually still helps me decide what feels good for me and feels like I'm, it's bringing me closer to God and making me feel like I'm as best of a Megan as I can be and respect and honor other people's positions and how they might be different and still just love that person and not even take it on myself to to judge or convince people of something else.
1: Yeah, a couple. A word you use there has really been on my mind lately, and there's two big words that have been on my mind. One is, um, you know, what we know. Mm-hmm. I don't. That's what we it, think we know. Yeah, it's tough, right? right? Like, what is knowledge? What is to truly know something mm-hmm. exists, especially something like God? Right. Right. I I feel like I I feel like uh, what I thought. I knew.
2: Mm-hmm. There's
1: plenty of times when you and I both have been up there and said, "Hey, I know that this is true," mm. or "I know this," or "I know that." Mm-hmm. I don't know if we ever really did know.
0: Mm.
1: I don't know. We thought we did. Or you think you know, but you know, I, and then now today you sit here and say, "Well, I know this," or "I know that." I I, I wish that I could have that type of knowledge like
0: mm. like I yeah, know you know
1: two plus two is four. Right. But do you really like like what is to have a firm knowledge? I think, you know, in the scriptures that if you have knowledge then you're you'll be translated, you'll whatever. Mm-hmm. You won't mm-hmm. be here. So right. do all of us just have a kind of a hope or a desire to to follow uh what what we believe? And then when we yeah. put then when we put that even in the church context and say, I know the church is true, and this is, I think, the big thing that happens is what, what is truth, and there's no way a church can be true mm. because it's just a building, it's just an organization, it's an mm. it's a man-made organization, so it can't be true. Mm. But you know, once we put that kind of knowledge in a church and we find out something like, well, I I don't think that's true, mm-hmm. then you throw out everything. Yeah. Right? Then you say, well, right. that that yeah. one thing isn't true, or at least as far as I see it. So, therefore, I question everything because my faith isn't in the maker. It's in the organization. Right. It's not in God. It's in the organization. I mean, that's my buddies that made the Facebook post. They're like, yeah, we found some stuff in the church history that we just didn't like. Okay, well, that's probably just an excuse to wear tank tops and not live the Word of Wisdom. <laughs> right. R- really. Because Could be. there, there's stuff in every church that sure. aren't. That that's bad. Yeah. In the history. So right. So j- just don't don't lay it off on that. Why don't you just come out and say, you know, hey, I, mm-hmm. I disagree.
2: Yeah.
1: I see this differently, and I like this about the church, and I don't like that about the church, or I disagree with this about the church, and you might not be okay with it, but I am. Right. Oh
0: yeah, I like that. And
1: then you know what? Again, what is what is truth? And I think truth. It's tough.
0: I think so too. I like though at the end of the one of your statements there, you had shifted exactly where I was going to take it was that it can't. It, maybe that's why we need to rely on what we what we believe instead of saying I know.
1: Right. Instead, this has been revealed to me.
0: Yeah. And I use the word believe a lot. I hear myself yeah. saying a lot. I believe at least based off of where I'm at in this life. I currently believe this thing. Yeah. Instead of knowing. Again, there's a right. the difference of like I don't know concrete something I cannot. Right. right right also the the on the subject of people sometimes looking for a specific thing to be able to be like this is the end all be all justification of why i'm not going to do any church right like i don't like to play that blame game or the justify i don't feel like i need to justify myself there's so many factors that have built up over time that have shifted to what my current actions are and it, it is centered on what my belief is with my plan with my maker and And not owing anyone any explanation. Like some people will ask me what were some of the factors and then I want to be really super careful when I answer because there's certainly some things when it comes to discipline I've experienced within the church and other experiences of things I was told by leadership and, and things that I have actual... Evidence. I have paperwork from the the Salt Lake of certain trials that are tied to certain trials in my life. And yet I still don't use those as a crutch to justify like, well, I left the church because of ABC. And and exactly what you're saying. Oh, yeah. See, I do like – I totally was trying to argue with you on your percentage thing. And it's funny because it it is sort of like – these electives of things that we still want to participate because we we believe those are what are a positive influence and other things are in that belief statement of maybe they're not as ideal. One of my brothers used to say that he thought it would be good if we had electives of how we wanted to participate. And as long as it totaled three hours for the week, you're I can't remember good. if I shared this with you before, but it was like, so if you are a temple recommend holder and you go to the temple once, that's two hours, so you maybe only have to show up for Sunday school for one hour on Sunday. Right. Or maybe you go home teaching that week, and so you're visiting the families for an hour and a half total on whatever day. Like, pick and choose, but when you're, instead of having to... Because being all in, you know, by the book uh, is a lot of time commitment and sometimes pulls away from your ability to be with your own family and then stacking it on work, work obligations and whatever else. It can be overwhelming to be an active member according to the whatever our perceived rules are that we're trying to follow. Well, and it just becomes
1: contrived, right? Like at what point? I mean, the church came out with this whole, like, ministry thing. What, Like, you know, I have some good friends that... Those reach out, hey, Corey, how you doing? Mm-hmm. Ah, you know, I'm struggling with this or that, or I've got this or that issue. To me, that's awesome. You can have a conversation like you and I are having and say, right. hey, how, how can I help you? Yeah. You know, nobody's making me or you reach out to each other to try to help each other to to figure out this journey that we're on. Right. But how much better is it when... You know, just somebody says, hey, how how can I help?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: As opposed to, well, I was assigned to you.
0: Exactly. And I have
1: to show up and you're like, well, I just don't want to deal with you because you don't know me or whatever. And yeah. So I think as we... Yeah, I think as we just look for opportunities to deepen our relationship with Heavenly Father and we... You know, none, none of your issues from a church discipline standpoint come into play if at some point in time you just say hey look I'm not playing your game
2: Mm -hmm.
1: so you guys can have your rules Mm -hmm. but I'm I'm not playing by your rules right and so I'm okay with not having temple recommend I'm okay with not doing this I'm okay with not doing that and these are rules that I'm going to play by I'm going to show up when I you know I'm going to show up I'm going to help my kids get there I'm going to you know, do do what I think God wants me to do. Right. As opposed to, hey, here's the list. Here's a checklist of what I think that the church wants me to do. And by so doing, my family, everybody else. And so then you kind of fall into playing this game
2: mm-hmm. with
1: rules that you don't really understand and or believe in. Right. And so I guess kind of where I'm at is, why can't we just... Take it for what it is, take it for what's good for us and our relationship with God and then leave yeah. the rest regardless of the religion you're in. Right. Um, there was a talk recently by um, Jeffrey R. Holland called the uh, Lord I Believe and I listened to it the other day and he talks a lot about this, mm. exact same thing. Mm. Believe where you're at, T- yeah. take what's good which is contrary to like what the church used to teach like 30 years ago. Mm. And I forgot the argument where it said the church isn't a smorgasbord. You can't come and take what you want Mm. and leave the rest. And I think it's shifted now to, hey, look, we, we realize that it is somewhat of a smorgasbord. And for me, I'm okay with saying that because I don't really care (laughs) <laughs> if somebody says, hey, look, you're only 70. Yeah, I'm like 70% in. Right. Or I'm 60 or I'm 40. Yeah. So I don't really care yeah. what you think of yeah. me.
2: Yeah.
1: I care what God thinks of me and I care what my kids think of me and I care about the example that I'm setting for them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And ultimately, you know, I, I, uh, I'll be, you know, 40 years old this year and I'm somewhat disappointed with myself that it's taken me this long to get to where i'm at
0: yeah
1: um but mm. i'm glad that i got here yeah and can you still
0: have half a life ahead of you, you
1: know, or at least maybe in theory five years five
0: years it <laughs> well, could be hit by a bus tomorrow
1: they say only the good die young right so mm. i probably won't i'll probably have to be here a while
0: probably yeah that's gonna add to your life expectancy yeah, for yeah. sure yeah yeah
1: yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, I mean on on that note I get I get sick of you know, Mormon well, any religious person that's saying, you know, hey, God's great, I'm stoked about heaven, I'm this and that, but you know what, I really don't want to die. Well, if you're so stoked about it, why don't right. why don't we just go? Yeah. Like why wouldn't we be clamoring to get hit by a bus? Sure. That's true. You know, gotta go to a lot better spot. So really where is your faith and where is
0: Right. Yeah, because yeah, no. especially in a lot of religions, if they have unresolved things that they haven't yet, quote-unquote, repented of, then there there's a fear. There's been, like, that's probably a whole other thing. I just don't
1: think God just, cares that much. Right. I, think, I mean, honestly, I, I think that as long... And, I mean, I'm speaking for God, <laughs> like like I know. Right. But in my life, I I, I feel like as long as... I'm trying to live the life that um I'm good with with God in. Yeah. Then I'm okay. And that might differ from what what you think. Sure. Um you know, um I, and again, I think that's religion agnostic. I think that there's a lot of different religions out there. Islam, Buddhist, Whatever, Jewish people, they live like their belief on what's right and wrong is different th- than what mine is in some instances. Mm, sure. But they're doing the best that they can
2: yeah. to
1: live the life that their God tells them. Right. Or are they living the life that the religion is telling them they have to live yeah. and do the things? So I, I don't know. I, I think it's super complicated. I think, especially when you talk about the Mormon church you're talking fifteen million members, mm-hmm. which is super insignificant
2: mm-hmm.
1: like fifteen million members out of seven billion people, and probably only half of those are active so you know i i, I don't believe i I honestly do not believe the church has a cornerstone on truth mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't i don't i don't you know when it comes out and says, "Hey, look this is the truth i don't think it is mm-hmm. I think that there's truth in Islam. Judaism, Christianity. Mm-hmm. And we're all doing the best we can with what we've been given, which are these works of scripture that were written how many ever thousands of years ago by God knows who. <laughs> right. And we don't even know really what their intention was. Exactly. But yet today we <laughs> like we have no idea. Right. Who wrote it? What why did what why, what was Paul's meaning around creating? Right. And when did I mean I'm reading a book right now. It's called uh, When Jesus became Christ. Mm. Was he Christ from the beginning? Did he become Christ at baptism? Did he become Christ when he died? I don't know, but been reading a lot about the historical Jesus and kind of mm-hmm. who he was, written from a his, history point of view, and it's a lot different than the Christian point of view. Who's right? Who yeah. has the truth? Probably neither. The history guys are writing from their lens and, and sure. based on their agenda, the theologians are writing from their lens and their agenda. Yeah. So it's my job to kind of aggregate it, consolidate it, and uh, figure out for myself, yeah, where it is I stand.
0: Are you a praying man? Is it like you pray and ponder over these things? Or are you sort or, I
1: think I you, think more. I, I feel, and and I, I feel
0: like that counts as prayer. If I'm genuinely looking for something to fill my spiritual bucket. Yeah, I think a lot of our connection of our thoughts, maybe it's not on our knees, right
1: whatever. Super formal yeah, yeah. F- so And what's the, the wrong thing type for of meditation? meditation.
0: I think, I would argue that if you are, I mean if I were to write down the difference I think prayer is a little too structured historically it's like it's supposed to go a certain way like, you know, in our church and why? I don't know, that's just like like, because somebody somebody at one
1: point in time it was in the New Testament, right? they said it a certain
0: way or there's the sacrament prayers is the same every week and there's certain things that have to be done a certain way, right? but then when I'm in a space of what I think a lot of my thoughts and I love meditating and I love uh, being in nature and stuff that's kind of like holistic type approach because I feel very connected to who I think I was made to be. And when you're saying, or you know, earlier you're saying something about speaking about um, from the perspective of God, you know, who are you to say those types of things other than we are his children in some ways, at least I think that's you and I believe that we are somehow spirit children of a heavenly in theory a heavenly father figure and so the same way you think about what you want your kids to experience in life it's along those lines right like when you're saying i don't think god cares if i drink a beer well like think about how you parent your own kids like are you going to stop loving your children when they hit certain obstacles or make certain choices in their life are you going to allow them their agency to navigate their own thing and give them the love and respect of having their own experience, and you want them to still have a good relationship with you, I assume, right. that's what I want with my kids, is no matter what, I want them to have their experiences, and sure, I might get frustrated if they're doing things differently than I might have, but that's that's how I picture my relationship with God, is like, I'm a daughter of a God who created me to be the certain Megan, like to be Megan, whatever that is, and it will evolve a little bit, but there's definitely recurring themes that are very Megan, from when I was very young to present day to how I'll probably be a kooky old lady. And with the, my own children, like I wanna be sort of like a moderator of things that I have experienced and allowing them a smorgasbord in life of, smorgasbord? Bored. Yeah, I was like, I, I wanted to catch myself because mm-hmm. I realized I said the wrong letter. No, you're
1: fine. <laughs> but,
0: um, yeah.
1: Well, and how are we to say, like, what's a good experience or a bad experience is all of it just experience? Right, um, and
0: different for each of us.
1: Yeah,
0: something that I thought was awesome, other people might hate and right.
1: loathe. And like, like your uh, adoption experience, mm-hmm. your parents probably really felt like it was horrible. You probably felt like it was horrible. Mm-hmm. And well, then, and then you look back twenty years. The church years down made the, me feel
0: like it was supposed to church, be horrible.
1: But then you look back twenty years, removed, mm-hmm. and you say, "Wow, you know that obstacle was maybe difficult." Mm-hmm. But this is what I learned. This is how yeah. I grew. This is how I'm better. And so then you look back and you say, "Well, maybe that wasn't a a bad experience. Maybe it was a good experience because otherwise I wouldn't have been able to yeah. do the things that I'm doing." I think that we get super locked into this idea of of good and bad. I'm, yeah. I'm reading a book. Um,
0: Are you reading called, all these books simultaneously? This is like the fourth book you've mentioned. Yeah. So like, you so, just have them all kind of going at any given yeah, time. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I listen to a lot. So so. Um, Digressing from the. So, uh, I read a lot of books when I work out. So, I ride bikes a lot. Okay, yeah. So, I'll go sit on my bike for like two, three, five hours Mm -hmm. at a time. So, the easiest thing to do is listen to books. So, I don't really read any books, but I listen to a lot of books. Okay, yeah. So, right now, I'm listening to uh, Yuval Noah Harari's book, uh, Homo Deus, which is his second book from uh, Homo Sapiens. Awesome book if you want to. It's like the history of mankind, mm. and it talks about kind of how we've evolved from hunter-gatherers mm-hmm. to kind of where we are today. Yeah. Really cool book. So, um, but, you know, you think about what's good and bad and oh, what okay. shapes our lens, and we want our kids to have experiences that are good, but our experiences are only shaped through our lens of what's good and Bad.
0: Right. Well, I don't necessarily don't, not want my kids to have bad experiences. I want them to know that if they make a choice and it was, it turns out to be a struggle, either one that they choose or that came upon them that they didn't have a choice in, that I, as their mother, will still love and support them in their journey. Right.
1: Help them through it.
0: Yeah. And I almost don't even categorize them as good and bad experiences. I think that our trials are hard. And then we don't know quite what the
1: blessings yeah, could Yeah, but be. what is hard? Like, why can't we just classify it as, hey, look, I'm having an experience. And how do we know if it's good or bad? Because we don't know the outcome. It's just an experience. It's So so in resilience, what I was going to say in resilience, they said uh, the Greeks, I guess, used to call the devil Diabolos, Mm -hmm. which in the book at least was defined by uh, the one who puts obstacles in our way.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. The guy makes the argument that, well, what if we're the one that puts obstacles in our way Mm -hmm. by the choices that we make?
0: Yeah. I think that
1: does happen. As opposed to putting it off on this outside force called Satan yeah. that's sitting out there saying, ah, you know, I'm going to throw this at Megan, I'm going to, I'm going to get Megan pregnant right now.
0: Right. Cause at, that's exactly how it happened. Satan got me pregnant. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Satan's out there <laughs> saying, Hey, we're going to get you pregnant Right. and uh, this will be awesome for Megan because she's going to struggle with this or whatever. I mean, what if, what if we just take accountability for some of those obstacles and say, you know what? I, I wanted to play the game. Right. I put myself in the position to get pregnant.
0: Yeah. I so I put the
1: obstacle in front of me. <laughs> right. And now Choice I, and
0: accountability.
1: Right. Now I get to work through it. And so I think a lot of times oh, we like put that. things off on. And then conversely, we say, well, you know, this was really good in my life. I'm glad God put it in my way. Well, I mean, does that mean every good thing God puts in your way? I mean, what about the bad things that happen in right. our life? And well, like, I just don't think God works that way. No, I don't no, think he feels I agree. good and bad it. Still it still is
0: all coming back to our agency, though. Exactly how you described it. And, but then that's why I like to remove the titles. At least I have personally taken the titles of good and bad. And some things are difficult. Yes, absolutely, I made the choice that ultimately got me pregnant. And then I made other choices from that. And that was a hard thing. It was a difficult trial because there was human life and there was all these these life altering decisions that I was needing to make as an eighteen year old single person right, right that was going to change the direction of my life of her life of everyone right, and yet there's other so but calling them just an experience and not waiting whether they are uh, um, a a difficult trial or a good experience is like I like amusement parks, so i can uh, I can choose. To do something where I know I'm gonna go and have an enjoyable experience with zero repercussions. Right. There's like, and obviously certain things that are like, the, it's very insignificant to compare maybe certain things of a life-altering pregnancy scenario versus whatever. But then we can feel the differences when we've put when we've put these parameters of okay, well now I know this is probably why you're not supposed to have sex before marriage because then. If you end up pregnant, then you're suddenly like, oh, well, if you're married, right. you're probably going to keep the baby, although I already know that that's not always the case, right. um, which is fine. People are still making their choices. And so it just puts things into this way more grand perspective of, of the, all the experiences I think are, are good in the long term if we allow even the most difficult things to help shape us for the better. Right, Because 20 years later, my friendship and the experience I have with my mm. daughter, my firstborn, we're super good friends. I'm really close to her mom. She's an, an accomplished musician who writes these amazing songs that are touching my life in a positive way now and help me through current trials. And again, a lot of them are things that are by my choice. I chose to get married. I chose eventually to get divorced. I chose things some of my choices come with very difficult consequences to navigate, and others are very easy, and they come with wonderful, delightful experiences, like going skydiving. What a rush! Okay, great. What a neat choice. Yeah, but it's they're different. all part of a whole yeah, thing. Yeah, but you know? you know,
1: like skydiving, right? Like, I think you gotta differentiate between like joy and pleasure. Like pleasure and joy choices are easy. Oh yeah. Like, I'm going to sure. go skydiving because I'm going to derive a sense of joy, like, in the moment. Yeah. And that feels good. Those are those are pretty easy. I think sometimes we make choices, like, that we just don't learn from. Hey, look, I'm just going to go get super drunk this weekend. Right. And...
0: Which is an easy choice in that moment. In that moment. And then, yeah, it's it's when we choose to not learn from the consequences Correct. and we keep doing it. Then there's other things. I think where the whole devil situation comes in, and maybe the battle the between devil. like, why would God do this? Yeah. yeah, because like some things are not things we choose. Obviously, there's things like if we have a health issue, or there's things that are not within our control. Right. Or we are hurt at the hand of someone else. So why do we put that off on choice? God
1: or the devil? Like, I don't know. Well, hey, why did God let my friend die? Right. Well, God probably didn't No, and that's probably probably didn't just put that in your way
0: right i think that's where a lot of people get angry at church or religion in any way because they're like why would god why would god let that guy molest children right well he didn't let that guy he gave that guy agency and that guy chose to do things that hurt other people probably from you know when i think of criminals people who kill other people people who hurt anyone from in any capacity I always wonder what the heck happened to them like how long has this been an issue how many generations maybe does that abuse go back or what have they been exposed to that now somehow in their brain justifies that it's okay or were they born with some sort of psychological malfunction that allows them or doesn't allow them to uh, treat other humans you know there's all these different things so I think people find maybe a comfort in saying it's all part of God's plan which I think the blanket statement of God's plan is that we are here experiencing life and we need to use our agency to make choices and then adjust accordingly. If it's something that results in something that feels negative or hurtful to us, we then have the choice to make corrective steps. And then if we find the things that we make choices that are, ooh, that's a great feeling, I want more of that, then we should be using that as just the whole thing. But I never blame God for stuff. I never blame the devil. The devil. <laughs> I really hardly ever blame other people. I assume that people are probably showing up the best they know how so far in life. And so even people that have given me terrible advice or terrible counsel in a bishop's office, I don't think that most people are trying to actively derail other human beings. And if they are, what has happened to them? That how, right. that person needs more love than the other people probably. That's
1: their agenda. You know?
0: Yeah.
1: No, you're right. Oh
0: so many things. We're definitely. a lot. There's a lot. I think it's fun to, like, share perspective. If your opinion changes, I'd love to. Or not even changes, but as you think of other things. It'll
1: change. It'll change. I love to hear about it as you keep reading. Yeah, let me know. So whatever we can do, anything that I can do to help Megan. Okay. It's kind of fun.
0: Thanks for listening to the I Hardly Know Her podcast. Follow all my shenanigans at meetmeganbryant.com. And remember, we don't have to be a big deal to do big things.